next. Let's focus on that court case in New York uh, we mentioned involving Donald Trump. Now, the former U.S. president has appeared virtually in Manhattan's criminal court. Remember, he's been charged with falsifying business records while making payments to cover up alleged affairs. The purpose of this appearance in court is to explain to Trump uh, what he can and can't talk about publicly about the case. You might remember uh, this case uh, made him uh, the first former president to be arraigned for a crime. These are the pictures of when it was happening. Uh, last time he appeared in court, he was flanked by dozens of court officers, secret service agencies. Uh, no scenes like that this time for this appearance. It's by video link. Well, joining me now from Washington is uh, Richard Painter, former chief White House ethics lawyer uh, for President George W. Bush. He is now a law professor uh, at the University of Minnesota. Thank you very much for coming on the program. Well, thank you for having me. So, first of all, just talk us through what you know and what you make of uh, this Donald Trump appearance. Well, the purpose of this appearance is to explain to uh, Donald Trump uh, the protective order that the court uh, is entering in this case. And what this is about is the information that the defense uh, is provided by the prosecutors uh, in order to assist with trial. In the United States, under the rules of civil procedure, and indeed under United States Supreme Court case law in the Brady versus Maryland case, the prosecution is required to give the defense information relevant to the case, whether it helps the prosecution or helps the defense. Uh, and this information is turned over in a process called discovery before the criminal trial. But what Donald Trump is not allowed to do is take this information, which may concern witnesses, uh, and the identity of witnesses and records on their cell phones and other materials, take this material and post it in social media uh, where witnesses could be harassed and threatened uh, by various extremist elements. And we know all about those extremist elements out there on social media and how they helped precipitate the crisis of January 6, 2021. Uh, and so it's very common in these uh, cases uh, for the court to say uh, that the prosecution must turn over the information to the defense, but the defense is not allowed to just reveal it uh, in the public space on social media. I, I see. Um, uh, that, that, I followed that. That was really clearly laid out. Thank you for that. What would be the punishments, for example, if Donald Trump did decide to publish something? Contempt of court. And if you're guilty of contempt of court, uh, ignore a court order, you go to jail. Uh, that's the usual uh, procedure, and I would think that that would happen in the case of Donald Trump. Uh, we don't have special rules for presidents and former presidents. And when a court says you do something, you, you do it. You obey the court. If you don't like the court order, you could appeal to the court or go to the court of appeals. But you don't just disobey a protective order. I see. And so I'm going to assume safely from what you just said that the vast majority of people who are given these kind of directions in court proceedings uh, obey them. Oh, they do. And the others end up in jail. Uh, that's the way it works. You don't just uh, ignore the orders of a judge. OK, uh, Richard, just stay there for us. I'm going to come back you, to you in one moment. Just want to go to our correspondent, Edda Taufik, who's been uh, listening in. And Edda, just bring us up to date with uh, some of the details that we learned. 
Yeah, well, Donald Trump appeared uh, remotely, virtually. There were two TV screens broadcasting his feed in the courtroom, and it was a fairly brief hearing. The judge wanted to ensure that he understood the protective order that has been issued, and Trump only spoke once when he said, when he was asked if he had received a copy of that protective order, he said, yes, I have. And then the judge, Judge Mershon, uh, really directed the rest of the questions to his lawyer, Todd Blanche, who was sitting next to him there in Florida. Uh, he said that their objections remain. You know, while the uh, Manhattan DA's office has really said that this protective order is needed because Donald Trump has uh, attacked uh, people on social media and they fear for intimidation of witnesses and information getting out, while Donald Trump's uh, lawyers have said that they are still concerned that this is a violation of his First Amendment rights because he is running for president. He is the leading contender for Republicans for the White House at the moment. Uh, but Todd Blanche, Donald Trump's lawyers, said that he had uh, explained to Donald Trump that that wasn't the judge's intention with this protective order and that this was not a gag order, that he could still speak freely about this case. And then we heard Judge Juan Mershon uh, reiterating that, saying that he is free to just do about anything that doesn't violate this order, that there isn't no way an attempt here to limit his First Amendment rights. But then we also heard the judge say uh, that Donald Trump must understand that if he does violate this protective order, that he is in contempt of court, which obviously would mean either jail time or a fine. And just very, very quickly, Netta, because I want to put this point to, to Richard, but did we get a date for the trial, any kind of timeline? Yes, in fact, a lot of the hearing was spent on the schedule. Uh, at the moment, the trial is set for March 25th of next year, and the judge was very clear that he does not want that date to slip whatsoever. Uh, he has set dates for discovery about when both teams should exchange information and has said that no counsel can be substituted unless uh, someone is free at that trial date. He was very clear that date is not changing. Okay, that's interesting. Richard, can I put that timeline to you? What do you make of that? It feels to some potentially quite a long way away. There's the politics of it all, but just on the legal front, what do you make of that? Ordinarily, uh, criminal defendants uh, are given six uh, months, maybe a year at most, uh, between indictment and the trial. Uh, there are different procedures in different states. Uh, criminal defendants have the right to a speedy trial. Of course, Donald Trump may want to delay the trial until after the election, uh, but uh, defendants are ordinarily not allowed to do that. And a March trial is a very reasonable time, and it really should remain fixed. Uh, there is no reason to extend that deadline, and the judge is making that point very, very clear. Interesting. Neda, just uh, briefly, if you could just remind us of what the substance of this case is all about. Yeah, well, prosecutors here in New York accused Donald Trump of falsifying business records 34 times, hence the 34 counts. And they say that this was all part of a scheme to cover up the true nature of these payments to his former lawyer, Michael Cohen. They say that they wanted to hide hush money payments to the porn star Stormy Daniels and that this was in violation of New York electoral laws, as well as limits on campaign funding. And I think it's just also worth noting that also at this hearing, you know, we didn't hear much about this attempt by Donald Trump to move this to federal court, but he is attempting to have this case moved to a federal court.
Netta, thanks uh, for that and for putting up with the noise in the background. Uh, we will save you for a second. Uh, Richard, on the substance of this case, obviously I'm not going to ask you to, to prejudge anything, but what's your assessment on what you've heard so far? I don't uh, know whether Donald Trump did it or didn't. The prosecution will have to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt. But this New York statute is very sensible. You are not allowed to falsify a business record of a New York business in order to cover up any crime anywhere, whether it's a crime under New York law, a crime under federal election law, a crime under British law. You cannot cover up a crime by falsifying a business record in the state of New York. Uh, New York is uh, businesses are not laundromats uh, for criminal money. Uh, New York businesses are not allowed to falsify their business records. And if that's what happened here, and if Donald Trump is the person who ordered the falsification of the business records, and they can prove that beyond a reasonable doubt, he committed a felony. And that's what he's being charged with, and that's what we'll see whether the court uh, and the jury uh, finds him guilty or not. Richard Painter, former Chief White House Ethics Lawyer for President George W. Bush. Fascinating to get your insight. Thank you so much. And Neda, great to see you as always. Thank you uh, so much for bringing us right up to date with the latest from the court there. Thanks both.